Hello and welcome to the Business Standard Morning Show. I am Ruchika Chitravanshi. It is 24th of January 2024 and here are the questions we will be answering today. Is Akasa Air ready to fly higher? What will 2024 hold for layoffs in India? How to approach rail stocks ahead of Budget 2024? And what is outsourced semiconductor assembly and testing? India's youngest airline, it seems, is striking the right note. Last year, Akasa Air was the best on-time performing airline in 5 out of 12 months. It has just ordered 150 aircraft for around $20 billion. And its CEO, Vinay Dubey, wants to put Akasa on the path to be one of the world's top 30 biggest airlines by the turn of the decade. But there are challenges too. So, is Akasa Air ready to fly higher? Shivam Tyagi finds out. Put in the sky by the ace investor Rakesh Junjunwala in August 2022, Akasa Air hit a major turbulence just about a year later when 43 of its pilots hit the eject button and landed in the hangars of rival airlines, mostly that of Air India Express. It had to cancel 600 flights in August 2023. But Akasa came out of the rough weather soon. In 2023, it was the best on-time performing carrier in five months that are March, April, May, November and December. Its much bigger rival Indigo was at the top for six months. And now, Akasa Air has placed an order for 150 narrow-body 737 MAX planes from Boeing. Akasa's first order came way back in 2021 when it had sealed a deal to purchase 72 Boeing 737 MAX aircraft. About two years later, in 2023, the company placed an order for four more planes. And now, with the latest deal of 150 planes, the airline's total order book has reached 226. The airline is operating with 22 aircrafts right now. Udat Agarwal of CAPA India tells more. In total, now Akasa is sitting on an order book of about 200 aircraft. And uh, the way we see it, uh, this should be realized, uh, the delivery should be realized by about 2032. So over the next uh, eight years or so, we expect these 200 aircraft to come into play. Uh, largely speaking, these will be for, for the growth of the airline. And there may be a small component which will be utilized for replacement of aircraft as well. But why did Akasa Air go for such a huge order? Former Executive Director of Air India, Jitendra Bhargava tells. Indigo having placed a huge order, Air India also having placed a huge order, they have no option but to augment the fleet and not wait for the induction of the first phase of orders that they've placed and then think about it. The idea is to grow and not only retain your market share, but augment it. Because if you do not add capacity, the two other airlines, Indigo and Air India, will take away the market share. Akasa Air holds a 4.1% share in the domestic civil aviation market, according to the latest data shared by the Directorate General of Civil Aviation, or DGCA. Indigo, meanwhile, rules the Indian sky with a market share of 60.5%, followed by Air India Group, which commands 26% market share. The budget carrier SpiceJet share was at 5.5%. 
According to DGCA, India's domestic air passenger traffic grew by 8.3% year-on-year to 152 million in calendar year 2023. Clearly, every airline wants a share in India's fast-growing aviation market and their order books are swelling. Tata Group-owned Air India has ordered 470 planes, while Indigo has ordered 500 narrow-body planes. Group of Indigo and Air India Group in a, in a sort of combined manner were taking about 88 to 89%, a high 80s. So uh, this uh, duopoly uh, has formed as of now. But in the near future, this is short term, we do see this continuing because both uh, Air India and Indigo are two principal carriers, well-placed. They have a significant uh, capital waiting and they have an aggressive expansion plan. But uh, we expect in the medium to long term that this uh, market share of Indigo and Air India Group would come down to about 75 to 80%. And the balance 20 to 25% is where Akasa will play. But uh, we definitely do see a double-digit uh, uh, market share of Akasa in the future. But uh, how much of it it takes up will very largely depend on the actions of SpiceJet. And now that they're looking to uh, acquire GoFirst also, which is in the insolvency condition, so then they would have a significant fleet of about 100 aircraft, which then would uh, significantly determine the balanced market share. And what about international expansion? International market is a strict duopoly. We have Indigo and Air India combined taking about 38% of the market, which is from Indian carrier side. About 56% goes to the foreign carriers as on date. So over a period of time, we do expect Indian carriers to come up to 50%. Uh, but what component of that uh, will uh, very highly be determined by Air India and Indigo? Because both of them have uh, significant expansion plans. We know Air India has ordered wide bodies. There is an anticipation that uh, Indigo may come up with a wide body order if it materializes. Then we are seeing that they're competing, uh, probably competing on ultra long haul and long haul routes also post this wide body order. So Akasa will just foray into this market and uh, from the next fiscal, they now that they have uh, catered to the 020 rule. So it will be uh, important to see how they grow, but uh, uh, talking about which areas they will compete in, since their orders are primarily narrow bodies and they've not gone with a wide body order, this uh, competition should largely be seen in the short and medium haul range. They will have to go abroad, but question will be whether you want to be on a short haul sectors, Southeast Asia, Gulf sector. You see, Indigo, for example, even though they command 63, 64% market share of the domestic market, their presence on long-haul sector is nil. And I'm sure taking cue from Indigo's experience of not having gone on long-haul sector, I don't think Akasa will repeat that mistake. That's it. We also want it both. And that is where the tough market condition would be. An Indian diaspora in United States, Europe needs capacity. In the first year of its operation between August 2022 and March 2023, Akasa Air posted a revenue from operations of 698 crore rupees. And the low-cost carrier reported a net loss of 744 crore rupees for the financial year. So what are the challenges that Akasa will face at the domestic front? Is it ready to fly high? There has to be a striking balance between induction, revenue generation so that you don't suffer losses to the extent it becomes unsustainable. But yes, from the Akasa perspective, 
placement of an order was imperative for them to grow from their current under 5% market share to something like 8-9-10% market share. Clearly, Akasa Air has shown the will to fly high in the challenging domestic atmosphere. The runway ahead for the domestic aviation market is good. But will Akasa be able to make a good use of it to soar high? Only time will tell. While most airlines are trying hard to retain pilots and other crew members, the situation is quite different in other sectors. Over 16,000 tech employees lost their jobs in 2023. It was a 15% jump from 2022. And within the first three weeks of January 2024, more than 7,500 employees got laid off globally with tech giants like Google and Amazon announcing layoffs in select teams. It certainly does not bode well for India too. So what will 2024 hold for layoffs in India? Shivam Tyagi finds out. The new year began with the tech industry undergoing more workforce rationalization, continuing the downsizing trend from the previous year. Google laid off 1,000 employees, with CEO Sundar Pichai hinting at further job cuts. Amazon also plans to streamline its Prime Video and MGM Studios workforce. While the trend is not limited to IT, a potential spillover effect in India is also evident. According to layoff tracker layoffs.fyi, 2.6 lakh people were laid off globally in 2023, of which 16,398 were in India. In India, 4,700 employees were laid off in the edtech sector, followed by food, finance, retail, consumer and healthcare sectors. Google and Amazon and other tech majors maintain substantial employee bases in India. With fresh layoffs announced across their global corporations, how will the spillover in India look like? Anshuman Das of CareerNet explains what 2024 will hold for layoffs in India. From a layoff point of view, it is uh, obviously difficult to predict at what it is going to be. But I think the startup sector does still continues to have stress because if you actually see most of the startups haven't really raised money substantially in 2023 and they were hoping that the valuations will come back which and the liquidity in globally will improve so that hasn't really happened and though they have kind of kind of tried doing some layoff and reduced a lot of cost in 2023 but i think um, they will have a issue which will be there and in 24 we could expect startups uh, to have some layoffs what we i also believe is key areas like um, essentially, IT services, uh, if you notice, the net headcount hadn't really grown much in 2023. In fact, the net headcount had gone down. While they haven't done formally a layoff, but I don't see that their headcounts are going to go up significantly. It can be considered as a quasi-informal layoff, but I do see that their headcounts are not going to go up there kind of a thing. So those are the few pockets where we see that uh, we can still uh, continue to see some adverse uh, news coming in. The global MNC ecosystem, I don't see uh, that much. Even some of the global companies like your Google and they have announced layoffs globally. But I do believe that uh, India will be a very late uh, country for which will be affected from a global MNC layoff point of view. 
As Das points out, the IT sector is performing a quasi layoff exercise as its headcount has already reduced considerably in the past one year. The big four in IT, Infosys, Wipro, TCS, and HCL Tech, have been reporting a total sequential decline in headcount numbers. At the end of the third quarter of FY24, the IT giants reported a combined headcount reduction of over 50,875 employees compared to the same period in FY23. Apart from global economic slowdown, artificial intelligence is another trigger for continued job cuts in 2024 as global companies look to adopt AI and automation to lighten workloads. AI-led layoffs have also begun in India, with payments platform Paytm laying off 1,000 employees across its operations and marketing units in December 2023. Advertising company Inmobi laid off 125 employees in the first week of January. Reportedly, both the companies have deployed artificial intelligence solutions to increase efficiency in operations. So, will this AI-led layoffs continue in 2024? If yes, which jobs will be the most affected? On one hand, it will definitely soften the job market. But on the other hand, it will also create the job market. Net-net impact in short run, it could essentially eliminate and the layoffs could outweigh the number of jobs getting created. But in mid to longer run, I do believe that it will create more jobs. So, clearly, if you talk about the BPO space, content creation space, or let's say customer support or essentially chat and those kind of a thing, you could always, uh, AI is really catching up very fast. Layoffs.fii reveals that more than 100 Indian startups and tech companies laid off 16,398 employees in 2023 amid the funding winter. The number is 28,000 between January and September 2023, according to Longhouse Consulting. Analysts see it as the reflection of overall economic challenges caused by high interest rates and inflation. In the year ahead, startups may also see layoffs in core roles in tech, product and finance teams. However, recovering from the mass layoffs during the pandemic, gig workforce in India witnessed a five-fold increase in demand in 2023. The demand is expected to sustain across quick commerce, health tech, fintech and e-commerce sectors. So at this point of time, um, IT is still not recovered. Uh, it's, it's in actually in a recovery stage where things are actually coming up, but still the, the, the recovery stage is actually not coming. Uh, but compared to other, uh, maybe uh, if we actually have to talk about other uh, industries, uh, we foresee a good about eight to eight and a half percentage of surge in terms of the hiring, uh, uh, what we have seen in the last year, uh, Shivam. Uh, it includes your um, BFSI, maybe your automobile, maybe your retail, your travel and tourism. All these things will have a surge in the uh, uh, hiring. Now, the important point here to note is that the frontline roles, whatever that you see, maybe with manufacturing, specifically the electronic manufacturing services, uh, at least for the next two to three years, there is not going to be a, a, a degrowth in hiring. Analysts predict job cuts in startups, BPOs and tech services in the first half of 2024 with a potential recovery in the second half of the year. Despite this, other sectors that require skills in AI, ML and cloud are expected to remain positive for high-end job opportunities throughout the year. Benchmark indices, meanwhile, crashed on Tuesday after some early gains. But rail-related stocks have been trading at record highs ahead of the interim budget. The stocks have witnessed a phenomenal run in the last 10 months, gaining up to 600% during the period. But does such a steep rally leave further upside in these stocks? 
What should be your investment strategy? Rex Cano finds out in this report. Rail-related stocks have been in demand since the start of the financial year 2023-24 after the government earmarked highest ever allocation of 2.4 trillion rupees for the sector for FY24. Thus far in the current financial year, related stocks have zoomed up to 600% with shares of Oriental Rail Infra surging up to sevenfold, while those of IRFC gaining sixfold. By comparison, the NSE Nifty 50 has advanced around 24% during the same period. The recent rally in the rail-related stocks has picked up on expectations of a capex boost in the upcoming budget. The exuberance for these railway stocks, uh, one thing is the expectation from the budget and also the capex spending is concerned with respect to uh, the railway spending and also the government is considering to make new special uh, logistic corridors also creating emphasis uh, for uh, railway stocks, we can expect a greater earning visibility and also the order book can go up for railway stocks in a medium to longer term basis. India has been focusing on uh, setting up more metro railways. A bullet train project from Mumbai to Ahmedabad is going to, uh, the work has been going at a faster pace. In the coming years, we can expect the same kind of similar projects coming in uh, other states are connecting different metro cities. Meanwhile, in a recent interview to Business Standard, Railways Minister Ashwani Vaishnav said the government is considering investments worth 14 trillion rupees for rail overhaul. This optimism has pushed the average gain for rail-related shares to a whopping 342% so far this fiscal. In comparison, these stocks had delivered an average gain of around 61% and 63% during the same period in FY23 and FY22. That said, rail-related shares have historically corrected in the two-month period post-budget. So, what should be your strategy going ahead? There is no need to uh, chase these stocks in a uh, medium to longer term prospect too. Uh, when the, the stocks are running, uh, once the stocks are cooled off, uh, investors can build their position, they can buy probably on dips. If they are the already investors in these companies and sitting on fabulous profits, they can uh, book some profits from the table. But definitely these stocks are have a, a, a very good earning visibility uh, on a medium to longer term basis. Therefore, though the prospects for rail-related shares remain bright for the long term, in hopes of further infra-related spend in India, Investors should consider entering these stocks only on dips. On Wednesday, equity markets will react to global queues and ongoing Q3 earnings season. He's making plans for an early retirement. Business Standard IT stocks too have extended gains on better-than-expected Q3 results. Meanwhile, IT giant HCL recently inked a pact with Taiwanese electronics manufacturer Foxconn to set up an outsourced assembly and testing facility in India. But what is outsourced semiconductor assembly and testing? Ayush Mishra explains.
Foxconn Technology Group of Taiwan and India's HCL Group have announced a joint venture to set up a semiconductor outsourced assembly and testing factory. Foxconn has said in a regulatory filing that its India unit will own a 40% stake in the joint venture with a $37.2 million investment. OSAT is an acronym for Outsourced Semiconductor Assembly and Test. An OSAT plant packages, assembles and tests foundry-made silicon wafers. It churns out finished semiconductor chips. A semiconductor fab or fabrication plant is a factory that makes integrated chip circuits and silicon wafers. OSATS tests and packages chips as an outsourced contract from integrated device manufacturers. Various suppliers worldwide offer these services to semiconductor manufacturers, allowing them to outsource crucial stages of the manufacturing process. The market size for OSAT was around $51.7 billion in 2023, with an anticipated growth to $76.23 billion by 2028. This reflects a compound annual growth rate of 8.07% over the forecast period spanning from 2023 to 2028. In the semiconductor industry, OSAT providers play a crucial role, especially in the current landscape. They act as a vital bridge connecting semiconductor foundries to end consumers. These vendors offer essential testing services, including wafer testing and final testing. Additionally, they provide assembly services such as quad, flat, no-lead QFN, ball grid array, wafer chip scale package and other packaging options. This intermediary role is pivotal in ensuring the seamless integration of semiconductor products from manufacturing to the end-user market. Integrated device manufacturers and foundries that have internal packaging operations typically subcontract a portion of their IC packaging production to OSATs. Fabless companies similarly opt to outsource their packaging needs, relying on OSATs or foundries for this aspect of their manufacturing processes. India is offering a $10 billion financial package for semiconductor projects, which includes the project cost of an OSAT plant. Well, that's all we have for you today. For more news and analysis, please log on to business-standard.com. Thank you for watching. For more news, views and updates, subscribe to Business Standard on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast and Spotify. Also follow us on YouTube, Vimeo, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn.